Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather Shoemaker, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm sort of sitting here looking out the window talking to you while my uh, child is washing the dishes. Oh, well, you're living the life of leisure. That's delightful. So what are we talking about today? Well, it, that's sort of the topic is independence um, and, and capability and just letting kids do things and, and, and not have you do it all, I think, is part of it. Um, I, in this, summer has come here. We've already had our last day of school. And I always have the kids do a little bit more helping around the place in the summer because we have more time for that. But it, it, um, it makes me think about all the ways we can give kids independence because, you know, actually they like playing at the soap suds, washing the dishes. It's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, they can do it and it makes them, it's, it's uh dips into the adult world, but it's, it's still enough of a novelty when you're little that it's not a complete chore. Whereas when you're, in your 40s, it's definitely in the chore status. Yeah, you've, you've, you've spent enough time with the bubbles that it's, uh, the, the allure has wore off. Yeah, I do remember my first dishwashing as a child was all the bottles going under the water making that blub blub sound. You know, <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I still had to get them done, but the blub blub was worth playing around with. Yeah, you while. can't beat the blub blub. So how do we, how do we support independence in young humans? Well, I think it's obviously got to be age and child dependent, but I, I do usually some thinking about where each child is, um, um, is their capabilities, and usually they can do much more than than we guess they can. You know, they can step up and become um, more capable if we just give them a chance. And then there's a little bit of training involved of you know how you go about things. Um, and once they've got that little bit of training, just let them go. And amazing things happen. I think they like having the responsibility of, of enough, you know, not fill every waking minute of their day, but yeah. to be part of, part of a unit, part of somebody who has a purpose in life. We all want to be part of a tribe and have a purpose. And, it, and, and it, it, it feels powerful to have a little bit of, a little bit of responsibility and a little bit of, uh, of, of that, in, that independence you're talking about. And, and, I mean, we're all striving to feel a little bit of power and control over our lives. Yeah, and it's something that's predictable. You know, kids do like routines, not maybe too much and not every minute, but um, it's you get a story before bed, you wash the dishes after lunch. You know, that's just sort of how things go. So, so what do you got the boys <laughs> doing this summer? Are they out, are they out chopping firewood? Because uh, winter's coming in Michigan. Well, I did have them hauling rocks yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just... But that's because we had, a, we had a tree that had to come down and there were a lot of heavy rocks under it, so... <laughs> I figured that was a great chore for them because it does make you feel powerful. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't exactly. something I wanted to do. I didn't need to feel powerful. <laughs> 
I didn't know if it was just, just randomly you needed this pile of rocks over there just to give them something to do or if there was a purpose. So I'm glad there's a, I'm glad there's a purpose behind the rock hauling. Yeah, I'm not going to have them move them back again today, no. <laughs> um, but there's also other levels of independence, such as, um, oh, to answer your question, so we're going to do some more cooking this summer um, and some more dishwashing and <laughs> getting you... a little better about folding clothes and um, learning how to swallow pills. Now that, you know, there's that age where they stop being able to just drink up that children's medicine and have to really learn how to be semi-adult. Whoa, 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 whoa. Help me unpack this. What does uh, learning how to swallow swallow pills uh, look like? Are, are, you, uh, is, are you practicing oh, with... Uh, with uh, no, we practice with Tic Tac. Okay, okay. Because they're smaller, and then you can move up to M&Ms, but you have to be a lot better at M&Ms. <laughs> One, because you don't want to waste them, because, of course, M&Ms are yummier. Yeah. And the other, that the coating dissolves quickly, so um, the Tic Tac is a lot... Um, Easier, and you, you move up to those and peanut M and M's, and then you're a master. Oh, I, you know, I, I don't know if I can swallow one. <laughs> no, we don't want to choke the poor children. Um, but I was also thinking about other levels of independence. For example, we just had here in Michigan our, our last week of school, and, and the school usually does our school does end of the year field trips. Mm-hmm. So one of them. Um, my older son is in middle school, and they went off for three days to Detroit with a teacher and a couple parents. And that was a great field trip. They went to, they ate at a Middle Eastern restaurant, and they went and saw a tour of the car factory, and they they went and bounced around on trampolines. They saw the zoo. They did a bunch of different things. Um, But the parents waiting around to pick them up three days later were pacing around and saying things like, I tried to text my child, but he wouldn't text back until a day, you know, a whole day had gone by. <laughs> and when he did text back, he said, Mom, you know we're not supposed to use our phones. <laughs> <laughs> but she was desperate for the contact. And uh-huh. I thought that was interesting because these aren't little kids. They're 12. They're 13. You know, yeah. they're, they're biggish. They're kind of in between. That's why they call it middle school. Uh-huh. But I thought, wow, you know, you, know, you need to be able to let them go. And then at the younger stage, um, I mean, I was happy to hear all the stories when I picked him up three days later and um, hear all his excitement. But I didn't feel a need to reach out when he was gone. You know, he was busy having his own experiences mm-hmm. with a whole gang of kids. And that's what he needed to be busy doing. And, and it would have been kind of an interruption to, to bop into that life. Um, then the younger kids went off on one night overnight trip, and this is nine and ten year olds mostly. And I went; I was chosen to go as a chaperone, so that was kind of fun. My first time doing that. But um, one of the the little uh, nine and ten year olds on the trip, their parents weren't chosen to go and be chaperones, and so instead they they drove two or three hours and followed the group and stayed. No, in the no they didn't. You're just making that up. <laughs> yeah, they did. And, you know, they hoping to get a little conversation with their child. And I talked to the mom. I said, oh, I didn't know you were here. Because I just bumped into her walking down the street. And she said, I just couldn't bear to be away from them. I just couldn't bear it. Mm. And so I know that she's not the only one in the mm. world. And yeah. her husband was right with her. I mean, he he felt that he could have dealt with being away from them. <laughs> but he was supporting his wife and, you know, taking the hotel room uh-huh. with her. And the kids actually left their chaperones and went and slept in mom and dad's room 
which was too bad because part of the whole point of an overnight is to get away from home and spread your wings a little and see how life is different when have, you're not under mom and dad's care. Have a, have a little bit of a, t- a taste of it when you're eight so that it's a little bit easier when you're 18? Yeah, or, or any of those ages. Yeah. I was just reading one of those articles about how American children are overprotected and they were talking about the 18-year-olds. They were talking about, the, it's really the parents here, not the kids. Yeah. But the parents were from the Midwest and their child had gotten into... I think Harvard it was the example, and they phoned them every morning as a wake-up call. Like the parents' phone call was the alarm clock to get the kids out of bed ready for mo- their morning class in college. Oh. <laughs> and so, you know, there's so many levels of, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, my, my elementary kids set their own alarms if they want to get up at a certain time. <laughs> Wow. Oh, ha. I, and I don't want to, I mean, it would be really easy for me to be the jerk that I often often am and, and, and ridicule those parents. And yet that's not. Well, I feel sorry for the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a sad situation for everybody to be in. And I I think one of the things. All the examples. Yeah. All the examples I was giving about the parents who followed and stayed in the hotel and the uh-huh. ones checking in it's all part of the same continuum yeah you know it's we need to realize even though it's our job to take care of these kids right now it's actually our job to get them ready to be independent and living as functional adults yeah to leave so us that means still treat them as children because they are children but they need to take gradual steps and some of that is gaining skills um and you can train them how to do it, you know, how to do the laundry or whatever it is. But it's also gaining the emotional skills of being considered competent. I mean, what would it feel like to be the nine-year-old or ten-year-old who their parents show up because, what, they're not trusted to be okay? I yeah. Mean, there must be some inner feeling that, oh, gosh, mom thinks I'm not safe or she wouldn't show up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of grackles. Yes. Grackles. Well, yeah, because it's 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 baby grackle season here at my pond, off my deck, and uh, and so for about the last three weeks, first it was uh, uh, mommy and daddy grackle with the uh, the nest up in the uh, the vines on the side of the house, um, carrying mouthfuls of uh, baby grackle poop out of the nest and dropping it in my pond, and that's kind of kind of annoying. But they got to keep the nest clean for the baby. I get that. And then about uh, eight days ago, it was baby grackle leaving the nest day and in my yard there's probably six or eight of these nests and and uh, the the baby grackles kind of leave the nest I don't I, I don't exactly know how they get out the first time it's probably that that uh, controlled fall to the ground and and then the uh, the the adults they just kind of hang out 30 40 feet away maybe a little bit closer and let the babies be out in the world and eventually those babies find themselves uh, uh, to the to the to the uh, shallow part of the pond and they start taking their first little baths and it's all cute and if the dog or, or I get too close the parents kind of swoop in and get protective but mostly they're 
they're standing back and letting the babies, you know, grab their own bug or grub and 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 figure out how to how to negotiate the world by themselves. And it it turns out that grackles are a lot better at this letting go than than we humans often are. I don't know. So we should be more like we should be more like grackles. grackles. Yeah, we should we should summon our inner grackle, and uh, and 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 give give the kids a little bit of space, a little bit of independence, because because the the, the baby grackles in my yard have have more independence than that kid that's off at Harvard. <laughs> and 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 that's yeah. that's kind of a sad state of affairs, like you said. Yeah, it's um it's something that every human gains i don't know it's this swelling of confidence when somebody else trusts you can that you're a capable human being and um it has to do both with things you can do things that you know and ways you handle your feelings and all sorts it's just a whole mix and i think we need to remember and maybe this is something you know in for listeners in your family or your classroom maybe you're really good at giving kids some independence with say physical risk or maybe you're really good with giving them um, some tools. You know, they pour their own milk or the, things like that. But are, are there areas of independence where you need to let go a little more? You know, be okay letting them be sad, for example. Yeah, what's Knowing the... you can't... Oh, sorry. Um, letting them cross, um, if, if you know, cross a street to get to the park. Something that's within your neighborhood or within your little community where you know they can do it. But can you give them the independence to let them try it's kind of like what what's the next baby step you as an adult could take to help them take yes. their next baby step towards towards adulthood and independence right because we are always um taking we, we need to be constantly taking the next step and as far as, far as i go I, I do get into i think we all do little habits and routines just to get through our daily lives mm -hmm. so for me when summer break comes it's a time to reevaluate and look at these people who are growing and very different from last summer and say okay who are you now and what skills can i prompt you along the way to um to be ready for the next step because otherwise we just keep repeating the way we've been doing things we'll, yeah. we'll treat them the, you know they'll they'll be five-year-olds forever in the way we, we behave towards them. And of course, that's where a lot of, I think, teenage rebellion comes in because suddenly this bigger person emerges and says, hey, I'm not who you used to think I am. Yeah. I'm somebody different now. Yeah. So how did, how did we get to this? Or maybe it's has it always been like this with the uh, the parent parental alarm clock at college? Or is this a, a recent thing? How did, what? Cause well, I, I think the difference is with, um, I think the phones and the internet and everything has made it a lot easier to hover too much. Uh -huh. um, because it used to be, unless you sent a telegram every morning to wake the child <laughs> up, so the mail was too slow to get them out of bed, so they just had to get out of bed or not on their own. <laughs> and it, it was really expensive having the Western Union guys show up every morning. <laughs> oh, I know. And in the college I went to, we had one telephone for the whole hallway. You know, there were no phones in the rooms. Uh -huh. We had cell phones. That sort of thing didn't exist because I went to school way long ago. So we had one telephone at the end of the hall for 28 people to share, um, which meant that it rang a lot and it wasn't usually for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kids were, kids, the students were much more expected to be grown up and take care of themselves by the time they got to college. And I think simply having the ability to track people with phones, and of course some people 
track their children even when they're not children anymore with a phone, you know, knowing their location at all yeah. times. Yeah. Um, it's, it's easier to fall into those patterns, but the phone is still a tool and you can decide how you use it or how you don't use it. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, I usually have mine off and then it doesn't work. <laughs> Not much use for those kind of things. Well, we're, we're just a, what, what, a week or so away from, uh, what was it, the 74th anniversary of, uh, of, uh, of, of, uh, of D-Day. And you think about all those, all those uh, young soldiers storming the beaches of, uh, of France at 18, 19, sometimes 17 20 years old uh none of them had their their mommies called them um for 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 wake-up call before they before they stormed the beach and and i mean there is a a difference i think in in the culture and i think the the technology i think another part of it is is that because we're always connected we've we we've got a lot more stuff we can choose to be scared of and maybe that kind of supports some of the hovering yeah, I think parents have always worried about their children, and there probably would have been parents from the 1800s who would have phoned every day too, because that's their personality. If they would have had the technology, yeah. Um, but I think now the culture more expects that we know where our kids are at all times, and you know, I don't actually always know where my kids are. When I was chaperoning um, the school field trip, I had um, three children under my charge, two other people's kids, and one of my own, because we slept in a uh, hotel room with uh-huh. four people so there were three kids to every adult and I made sure since it was my job to keep track of the the two that weren't mine and because I knew my own kid pretty well he was mostly in the vicinity but if he had gone off to the bathroom or something like that I didn't know exactly where or when he was coming out it wasn't I wasn't worried because I knew his patterns and I knew if he was lost what would happen and what what to uh What's predictable, mm-hmm. predictable behavior. And I certainly wasn't going to follow him into the boys' bathroom. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of public bathroom stuff that goes on with, with parents and worrying about independence. Yeah. So, I wasn't going to force him into the women's either. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's nice of you. He's, Isn't that nice of him? He's, gained, um, he's gained that independence. That's good. But there are a lot of um, boys and girls, vice versa, but I think it's more the boys because they're with the moms mm-hmm. who at age 10 and 11 still are forced to go into the women's bathroom even just to wait for their mother. Yeah. Um, I see them when I go into the women's. <laughs> Some of these boys are, who are ready to go into middle school uh-huh. are standing with their backs, th- their faces to the wall so that they won't have to see all the ladies. Yeah. They're highly embarrassed. That, that, they're, but they're but at least... Growing. At least it's not embarrassing and awkward for those young young boys. So you know it's got that going for it. <laughs> My God, I would have been mortified. Well, they are uh, mortified. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. It, so you know, I, and I think I think maybe being the mother with with kids who were male and I was female early on, I let them into the other bathroom because you know I wasn't the dad uh-huh. and I was out with them at that moment. So you. I think if you have same-sex children as yourself, you might be a little slower in some of those independent things. Yeah. But, Uh. you know, it's something we can all work on is that, you know, if you have a 10-year-old child, for example, they're going to be off on their own very soon, really. And what skills do they need between now and then? They don't need to learn it all at once, but do a little bit gradually here and there, and everyone will be the better for it, and you'll... You, they feel great. They feel terrific when they get independence. And yeah. then they don't fight so much because they've got 
as much independence as they can handle. Yeah, yeah. And when we take those baby steps like you talked about, it just it's the process becomes so much easier for everybody because then you don't get to that point where where well was there's just a court case there's a like a some parents are are or took their their like 30 something year old son to court to to evict them from their house because he he like quit his job and then eight years later showed up at home again and decided he wasn't going to leave and they had to, they had to get a, a court order to kick him out um you don't want to be in that situation with 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 your your child 30 years from no. now that's that's a, that's in not fact, a good place to go move into a house without a basement then it can't <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly there you go and if, if so, you're if you're in a house with a basement you need to fill it with concrete have the kids have the kids fill it with rocks when they're young and then they won't be able to live <laughs> down there when they're older exactly <laughs> so since we'll probably air this episode around independence day for the u.s you know think about ways you can help your kids be in more independent, what they might need, what they can strive towards. And that, of course, ends up giving you more independence, too, because while they are busy hauling rocks or washing the dishes, you have a little more free time. You can record a podcast or something. Hey, listeners, well, we've, we've been, we spent 20 minutes talking about independence, but i got to tell you something. We are totally dependent, Heather and I, of, uh, of you all tuning in every week and listening to the podcast. Um, and when, when you do that, you know, it gives us reason to exist. So we really appreciate that. We are totally dependent on you and your listening and your sharing of the show to help it, help it grow and thrive and succeed. So thank you for doing that. Uh, anything else before we wrap this one up, Heather? I think that says it. There we go. Independence when you need it and independence the rest of the time. There you go. This has been Renegade Rules. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show. Back soon with another episode. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.